and welcome to the Musicals and Theatre Podcast. I'm Alice Arnold. And in this series, we're going to focus on the holy grail of theatre, the Olivier Awards. If you enjoy the podcast, then a reminder that you might like to listen to my show on Mellow Magic on Saturday and Sunday mornings from 6 till 10. Hello and welcome to the Musicals and Theatre podcast. And I'm talking this week to Julian Bird, who is the executive producer of the Olivier Awards, which are, of course, on the 9th of April. And in this podcast, we're going to concentrate on the Straight Drama Awards. So talking about the nominations, it looks to me like the Harry Potter play is the la-la land of the Olivier Awards. It's got 11 nominations. Are we thinking it's going to sweep the board or are we thinking maybe it won't? Well, I have no idea. You know, voting is underway. We'll find out on the night. I mean, look, it's an extraordinary production, or I should say productions. It's in two parts. Um, you know, I always describe it as possibly the best pure theatre you can see. You know, although there's, you know, some clever magic and some clever things, at its heart, it's just a very, very good story, very, very well told by an extraordinary group of actors. Um you know, it, very few productions get 11 nominations. You have to go back to the musical Hairspray some time ago for right? the last show that got 11. And, and no, those, these are the only two shows that have ever had 11 nominations. Um, so it'll be interesting to see. I mean, you know, but, you know, look at the Oscars. La La Land may have got I... all those nominations, but it didn't win the big award at the end of the night. Uh, um, no. You know, and uh, Harry Potter will want the best new play and uh, and we'll see on the night. Yeah. Well, there's strong competition. Of course, there is in all the categories. There is very strong competition. Um, and I notice in in the category of best supporting role, and we we've had that we have this in the musicals category. We've got all the all the women from the girls musical mm. up together, and now we've got all the girls from our ladies of perpetual succor, which is based on the novel The Sopranos and follows a group of Catholic schoolgirls. And could the group just not be separated apart? Or? No, that really is an ensemble kind of cast, if you like. It's and they're all. This production started in Scotland, the National Theatre of Scotland, mm. um, and they're a group of relatively young Scottish actresses. Most of them have never performed in London before, and the whole show is sort of an ensemble piece. Um, and once again, the producers wanted to put them forward as a group, and that was respected. And uh, you know, our theatre panel felt that was the right thing uh, to do. And so, you know, the eight of them are put forward collectively. Quite some achievement. And well, if they win, they'll be surging onto the stage. Yes, indeed. They'll be one of those rushes for the stage. That's right, yeah. Um, I haven't actually seen that show, uh, but there are songs in it, aren't there? Don't they sing? It's a a play with music, is how they describe it, rather than a musical. So it's a comedy with music in it, that's right. Right. Um, So so that takes it out of the musicals category and puts it into the plays. How how the writers describe it themselves is, is is a play with music or a comedy with music. Now, this is, a, this is a nomination that I love because there was quite a lot of controversy over the casting of Hermione Granger in Harry Potter and it seems that Noma Dumezweni has well and truly silenced the critics with her nomination. Absolutely. I mean, Noma is an extraordinary actress. She is an Olivier winner from the past. So, mm. you know, this is someone who has been well known in the theatre community um, and, uh, you know, just possibly this role is bringing her to a wider kind of public consciousness. She's an extraordinary actress um, and makes the role of Hermione her own. And there she is in an extraordinary company uh, nominated in the kind of leading actress category. Mm. You couldn't believe that there was controversy over it, but I suppose... 
Um, no, uh, you know, I mean, uh, you know, we call it in 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 the theatre industry. It's called colorblind casting, and you know, you ju- you only have to go and see actually Noma in the role to think, well, what what's well, the fuss not? about? Was what is that fuss? Yeah, yeah, you know, yes. Anyway, uh, now in the best actor in a supporting role, we've got Rafe Spall for Hedda Gabler. It seems at the moment everything Rafe touches really uh, turns to gold. So, um, talk, have you? What did you think of his performance? In it's that? wonderful. So, this is um, a brand new uh, revival production of Hedda Gabler um, at the National Theatre from this visionary director, Ifo van Hover, who uh, you may remember uh, has won awards for the last few years for kind of reinterpreting classics in a completely different way. Um, and once again, this is a big different interpretation on a kind of quite stark, kind of long, thin, linear set um, uh, in modern dress. And as you said, you know, Rafe is, uh, I don't know, suddenly having this extraordinary career, isn't he? You know, both on film and television um, and in the theatre. And I think it was great to see him recognised, actually. He's been nominated in the past for Olivier's, hasn't won yet. So we'll see mm, this year. Let's see if this can be a first for him. Yeah. And also sort of another acting dynasty, really, all a huge acting dynasty, the Fox family. And Very we've got much. Freddie Fox um, nominated. He seems to be really, well, his career's taken off as soon as he left drama school, really, but he seems to be blossoming. He really is, I think, in a number of roles. And he's nominated for, you know, the revival of Tom Stoppard's uh, Travesties. Mm-hmm. Um He's had an extraordinary year, you know, because uh, he, he, about a year ago, he did Romeo and Juliet in Sheffield, you know, just in the Shakespeare production up there. Um, and then some some people will remember Kenneth Branagh did Romeo and Juliet as part of his London season and uh, Richard Madden, the lead, got very ill. He, he actually, I think he twisted an ankle or broke an ankle or something and Freddie ended up stepping into the role in the production after it had opened and doing the last few weeks of it to... Right. get them through so Freddie's had this kind of extraordinary year of uh, of roles so how great at the end of it to, to see him recognised I think mm. and looking at the best actor nominations well we've got Ian McKellen for No Man's Land we've got Tom Hollander for Travesties, Tra- Travesties Ed Harris and Jamie Parker and I suppose I mean th- these are massive stars really known but apart from Jamie Parker perhaps not so much known for film roles but the others yeah. it's um, it's wonderful that those f- film and television actors who are massive stars still want to do theatre in London. And we see this time and time again. You know, I think it's one of the great things that that our great actors and actresses and creative talents, actually, all want to continue to come back to what most of them talk about as their first love, the theatre. You know, we also give the special award this year to Kenneth Branagh and he very openly talks about theatre being in his bones. It's Mm. the thing he loves the most, even though he's off doing movies and stuff all the time. And, you know, how great that people like Ian McKellen and Ed Harris want to still come back and spend weeks doing theatre. Doing eight shows a week. Yeah. It's really hard work compared, yeah. I guess, to... Although I think filming's very hard work, probably yeah. quite boring. And, you know, you um, say Jamie... You know, you know, even Jamie Parker is having, you know, a, a massive career now. Started, of course, as one of the History Boys. Yes. And is now, uh, you know, yeah. what, what amazing shoes to step in as Harry Potter when everyone has a vision of what Harry Potter... It's like, mainly they think he, he, that Harry Potter is Daniel Ratcliffe and I'm not sure most people can make a distinction. Right. But, you know, how amazing to step into that role as an, as an older Harry Potter and make it your own and, mm. uh, and be recognised in this way. We're talking about older people. Of course, there is a nomination in the Best Actress category, which cannot be ignored, which is Glenda Jackson. She's 80 now, uh, nominated for King Lear. I mean, how amazing is amazing. it to see I think her, her back on the Her stage last again. nomination was over 30 years, 36 years ago. Mm. I might get my facts slightly wrong, 36, 37 years ago. It's her first roll back on the stage in decades after an extraordinary career as a politician. Um, 
and there she goes and gets nominated, you know. I mean, what absolutely extraordinary, you yeah. know. And, um, you know, in, in, in all these acting categories, how wonderful I think that we have people of all ages, all backgrounds, uh, from different kind of ranges of work. Um, and to see them all sort of recognised together, I think is a wonderful thing and shows a lot about the strength of, of theatre and the acting profession here in the UK at the moment, I think. Yes, I should imagine there'd be quite an ovation if, if uh, Glenda Jackson wins yeah, that category. You, you know, and, uh, but, you know, there are, you know, Noma we've talked about, you know, yeah, but, you know... Billy Piper. I know Billy Piper for yes. an extraordinary production of, of Yerma, um, another revival at the at the Young Vic, which was set in this kind of big glass cube. Uh, and then, of course, you know, the fourth one on the list is, is, is an actress much less known here in the UK, but, of course, is one of the major Tony winners of all time, Cherry Jones who, you know, how great. This is her first role in the West End and audiences are really getting to see her as an actress. And she's an extraordinary performer. Um, and, you know, her first role here in the West End and she's nominated, you know, mm. amazing. Now, looking at the Best Director category, we have John Tiffany, he's up twice. So he's got a 50-50 chance. <laughs> um, he's up for two really different productions. So he's up for Harry Potter. He's also up for The Glass Menagerie. Mm. Um, I, I haven't seen his work, so... Um, well, John Tiffany came his, came to um, infamy, I think is the right word, through this extraordinary production called Black Watch, which was about um, the army unit in Scotland uh, in mm -hmm. the Iraq War. And um, that was an extraordinary kind of immersive production which ended up going globally uh, and winning awards, but winning critical acclaim everywhere. And he's just gone on and... Um, created some extraordinary work and he works also with a choreographer called Stephen Hoggett often the two of them together and indeed they both worked on both these productions um, and John really is a sort of visionary who takes kind of ideas and concepts and, and does something different with them and you know Harry Potter and, and the Cursed Child it's very easy to look back in hindsight and go well of course it was going to be a success actually a lot of people were going how brave to take something that people love so much make a new story and do it on stage. Yeah, I mean, that's I mean, a risk, actually, because you could a, be asking for a fall. If it you was a huge risk, and you just look at the quality of that production, uh, whether you like Harry Potter or not as a, as a story and a set of stories, the quality on that stage is quite amazing. And then you go and see The Glass Menagerie, where he's taken a you know an old play and revived it in a completely new way in this extraordinary setting with Bob Crowley's design. Um, it, it's, it's a kind of stunning piece of theatre in its own right. Now, looking at the new play nominations, and the Donmar Warehouse is nominated twice for Elegy and One Night in Miami. And I just wondered how important is it that, that houses like the Donmar are prepared to take risks and put on new writing? Well, enormous. And how extraordinary, you know, that, that a small theatre like the Donmar gets two out of four in that category, you know. Yeah. And for two very, very different plays, you know. One Elegy about, uh, really about age and uh, about people who... Uh, lose their memory, whether that's dementia or Alzheimer's, and how the people around uh, them react. A Seventy-minute play, and it was one of you know it stands. I can remember almost every minute of it. It was that powerful. Um, and then a, a play basically about Muhammad Ali, and uh, as he was um, in his uh, in his younger years, uh, with the the team that was around him called One Night in Miami. So we had two completely different productions, new plays, both recognised. And I think it's important sometimes that we still have smaller spaces like the Donmar mm. for, for that kind of really intimate theatre to be able to break through. Absolutely, and and to, and to do that, you know, and uh, they're just about to open a new political play about called Limehouse, about, you know, the birth of the SDP, which is going to be fascinating as well. Right. So, you know, the Donmar um, under Josie Walk and Kate Packenham have very much become 
a theatre where new plays can experiment and try, as well as great revivals happening. So, uh, and of course, it's an they attract time all there. the best talent to be there. Yeah, as do lots of our other theatres. You know, I mean, you know, people will always talk about well, so-and-so didn't get nominated. And, you know, that unfortunately, that is the nature of awards. You know, there is some choice somewhere and people are selective. But, you know, uh, there are great... We, we, we're blessed with extraordinary theatre in this city and, uh, you know, the Donmar is one of them. Now I'd like to have a chat about the winners of the Be Inspired competition. Yeah, so the, the whole um, kind of way we're describing the Olivier's this year is, is around... Um, inspiration you know how does theatre inspire you does it inspire a love in other people and so what we wanted to do was actually offer members of the public and and people in the theatre world the chance to nominate anyone in their life who had inspired a love of theatre or a love of performance or something like that uh, in them and we were I mean literally inundated with the most extraordinary submissions um, and we've chosen just six. I wish we could have chosen hundreds, yeah, so, but, you know, we've chosen six. So. And the six winners, they get to come to the Olivier's on they, April the 19th at the Royal Albert Hall, which they is get incredibly a full, uh, yeah, They, they get go a full on the VIP. red carpet and everything, Yeah, they get they? The, the full VIP experience. Wow. Um, so they're going to be styled. They're going to get to stay oh, in our partner they? hotel for the night, which is the, the Rosewood, in you know, a beautiful five-star hotel near Hoburn. And they're getting um, makeup and hair and all get of a little that. bit of all that kind of yes. thing. And uh, and as you said, then get to do on the red carpet, and they will be actually part of the new red carpet TV show we're doing, the big broadcast show on the red carpet, where they will actually get given their kind of plaques as uh, to recognise um, so themselves as champions. Them. Yeah, and then they get to see and sit in great seats and watch the whole show. So, yeah. And how did you choose them out of all the people well, who entered? The, the honest answer is with great difficulty. And, you know, we could have chosen so many. So, first of all, you know, thank you to um, all the Magic listeners, everybody else who submitted people, because the most, you know, actually incredibly inspiring for us to sit there uh, and look at the videos and read all the messages that were sent. But, you know, we've chosen people from um, different backgrounds, different walks of life, uh, three who are, you know, firmly employed, if you like, within the theatre world, uh, one way or the other. And yes, I've just seen Harry Gabriel, who's been the stage doorman at, at the Shaftesbury Theatre for 35 years. He must have seen some things. I bet he has, uh, absolutely. Yes. <laughs> I mean, he's an extraordinary man. You know, I've been honoured to meet him several times going in and out of the theatre. And um, I think, you know, the entire company put him forward. We had messages galore from current company, Motown, that's there now, p- other people who'd worked there over the years. The, um, one of the uh, Motown company made the most extraordinary little video nominating oh. him, which was it was just really special. So, um, him, um, the uh, the lady who's the costume supervisor for the Mouse Trap, who's been there for fifteen years. Do they change uh, the costume, Janet? Yes, the they do. do they? Yeah, they they um they recast about every nine months, and so there's a whole but recostuming. With different costumes, I believe so. Yes, but she has taken the original costume designs from. I'm going to get this wrong now and get told off. Sixty two, mm. sixty three years mm. ago, and man has lovingly recreated them for you know the new casts. So, and she's been there for fifteen years. Mm. So. Um, kind of extraordinary and wonderful to recognise that kind of skill, that kind of technical ability that often people don't really think about, I think, in, mm. in our shows. Um, and then, of course, um, uh, the third kind of industry one, if you like, is, is this amazing man called Edwin Shaw, 
Um, he won't mind me saying, I think he's in his early 80s and, uh, you know, was the box office manager of the London Palladium for for, gen- for decades and still consults widely with producers and helps them on ticketing, you know. And if you think ticketing now, I'm, I must ask him sometime when he started to what ticketing's like now. And Absolutely. Booking online and everything, it's completely different. Well, you he's know. going to have a fantastic night. I wonder what hair and makeup I was going to say, him. I wonder what they'll yeah, do for him. Yeah. And then um, we've got some uh, people who are not in the industry at all. or, or... Correct, yeah, three genuine people. People, each in their own way, have inspired a love of theatre in people in different ways. So uh, this wonderful drama teacher who works, um, I guess, at what you might call a specialist school for, for children who have different learning um, abilities and disabilities uh, called Stuart Clements and uh, extraordinary uh, tales of what he's done and uh, brought people... Um, you know, into a love of theatre and into a love of performance, um, maybe who would never have even thought about it before. Um you know, perhaps the most difficult one for us, for everyone, is this extraordinary woman called Sally Ann Coleman, um, who has, you know, given her life to um, performing and choreography and directing um, with this extraordinary youth theatre. Um, and very sadly, she was diagnosed with, with cancer not very long ago. And uh, and actually, when, when we, uh, you know, phoned to say we'd chosen her, we she had sadly passed away just the week before. Um, but we're still absolutely honouring her on the night and her family are coming. So oh, it's this kind of lovely well. way of still recognising the extraordinary kind of legacy, I guess, she's left behind of everything um, she's done. Yeah, well, um, that'd be a very emotional yeah, night for, for I all I think so, them. but we're right yeah, that we continue, absolutely. you know. Yeah. Uh, and finally, uh, you know, a man called Mark Thornburn who has done extraordinary things in um, Coventry, in um, kind of light operetta with youth groups, um, but also um, an organisation called NODA, which is the, the kind of umbrella body for amateur theatrical in the UK. It's called the National Operatic and Dram- Dramatic Association. Um, and he ran that for a very long time in his spare time as well. So he's kind of had this extraordinary um, impact on the life of the amateur sector, if you like, mm. uh, for theatre. So, you know, six very, very different people, but uh, all of whom have, have done extraordinary things. Oh, well, I'm sure they're hugely looking forward to the night, as are we all, um, and look forward to seeing you there, Jim. Indeed, indeed. I'm Alice Arnold, and that was the Musicals and Theatre Podcast. If you enjoyed that, then you can hear me every Saturday and Sunday morning from 6 till 10 on Mellow Magic, where I have lots of lovely, timeless, relaxing classics, musical numbers and interviews. 